Welcome to Directions in Rashi, a podcast that will help you understand individual comments from Rashi throughout the Chumash, and that will also introduce you to some of the general principles which I feel uh, directed Rashi in his creation of his commentary, and that will help us to understand his commentary better all around. In this week's Shear, I would like to discuss three questions that Rashi raises about the ten plagues. These questions are important not only by virtue of the answers that are given for them, but perhaps even more for what they reveal to us about Rashi's precise methodology of explaining Pshutai Shulmikra, the simple meaning of Scripture. Regarding the ten makais, Rashi, for the most part, does not investigate the reasons for each particular makah. The general purposes of the maka, purpose of the Makkais is clearly stated in Scripture. A. To show the Egyptians who Hashem is, as it says in Perak Zion, Pasuk Hei, V'yadu Mitzrayim, and Mitzrayim will know, through the Makkais, Ki ani Hashem, that I am Hashem, Bintosi yodi al-Mitzrayim, when I stretch forth my hand and strike the Egyptians with the plagues. And B to show God's greatness to us, the Bnei Yisrael, so that we will tell about it to our children. As it says in the beginning of this week's parsha, that Hashem is making these, these wondrous plagues in order that you will tell it to the ears of your son and your son's son, that which I played, as Rashi translates, how I played with the Egyptians, the es ososai asher samti bom, and my signs that I placed amongst them, vidatem, and you, Bnei Yisrael, will come to know, Kiani Hashem, that I am Hashem. Regarding the reason for each particular makkah, however, Rashi seems to leave the reasons to Hashem, or to be more precise, since the psukim do not reveal to us the reasons for each particular makkah, Rashi did not feel obligated to delve into these reasons, because his job was only to explain what the psukim say on the level of Pshuta Shilmikra. We do find, however, that Rashi discusses the reasons for the first, fourth, and ninth makkah, Dam, Oroiv, and Choshech. Let us first examine what Rashi says about the Maka of Dam. We read in Perak Zion, Pasik Yud Zion, in last week's Parsha, Parsha's Va'era, that Moshe Rabbeinu says to Paro, Ko Amar Hashem, so said Hashem, Bezos Teda, with this you will know, Ki Ani Hashem, that I am Hashem. Hinei Anochi Makeh Bamateh Asher Biyodi. Behold, I will strike with the staff that is in my hand, Al Hamayim, Asher Bayor, I will strike the water that is in the river, the Nefchu Ledom, and the water will be turned over into blood. On this Rashi says, Since rain does not fall in Egypt, rather, where do they get their water for agriculture from? The Nile River rises and it, it waters the land. And the Egyptians therefore serve the Nile as a deity. So the Fichach therefore 
Hilka es Yirosam, first Hashem caused a plague to that which they feared, meaning to their deity, v'yacharkach Hilka Oisam, and only afterwards did he inflict a plague upon them, upon the Egyptians themselves. Now here, it would seem, if we look at Rashi carefully, he's not actually raising the question, why is there a Makkah of Dam? Why was there a plague that the waters turned to blood? What he is addressing is, why was that the first of all the Makkahs? And his answer is, because this is the way of Hashem, that he first uh, inflicts a plague upon a nation's deity, and only afterwards upon the nation itself. So in fact, uh, we can say that this uh, comment by Rashi really does not enter into the discussion of whether Rashi uh, considers and concerns himself with the reasons for the Makos, and in what way does he do it, and when does he do it, and how does he do it, how does he do it. This uh, Pasuk really is not uh, part of that discussion. Here Rashi is asking a different question. Why would Dam be, out of all the Makos, the first? <clears throat> Regarding plague number four, however, Makos Oroiv, it would seem that Rashi, in fact, addresses the question of the reason for the Makos directly. We read in Perak Ches, Posuk Yud Zion, that Moshe Rabbeinu says to Farai, if you do not send out my people, I will send upon you, I will incite upon you and upon your servants and your people and on your houses the Oroiv. I will send upon you the Oroiv. We will translate that word soon. And the houses of Egypt will be filled with the Oroiv, the Gam Ho Asher Haim Aleho, and also the land upon which they are found. Now Rashi here comes to explain what's the meaning of this unusual word, He Oroiv. Says Rashi, It is all kinds of bad animals, wild, dangerous animals. And snakes and scorpions, barbuvia, all mixed together, like the word oroiv. And these animals were uh, attacking and destroying the Egyptians. And now Rashi says, There is a reason in this matter, in the Agoda, in a Midrash, it's the Midrash Tanchoma. Regarding every maka, why this one and why that one? And here he quotes part of the Midrash. In the strategies of wars that are waged by kings, Hashem came upon, Hashem attacked the Egyptians according to the order of Malchus, according to the way that kings, uh, the way a king would besiege an enemy city, when he besieges a city. At the beginning, he 
destroys their wells. He, he destroys their water source. And similarly here, the first Makkah was Dam, which destroyed the Egyptians' water source. The Acharkach taken Alehen, Umerian Beshefaros, and afterwards they blow and make noises with Shoifar, Liyarum Ulavahalam, to scare them and to put them into panic. And Rashi says, Vachain Hatsvardaim, Mekarkarim Vahimim. And similarly, the frogs were griveting and croaking. Kide Isa, Rashi says, Vachula, etc. Kide Isa, Bemidrish Rabbi Tanchuma, as it is stated in the Midrash of Rabbi Tanchuma. Now, it would seem that uh, Rashi didn't really quote enough of the Midrash. He, he only quoted uh, the part of the Midrash which explains the first two Makkas. Here, we're already up to the fourth Makkah. And as we said uh, before, the first three Makkas, Rashi really does not concern himself with the reasons for the Makkas. So there's an obvious question here. Why does Rashi suddenly uh, become interested in the reasons for the Makkas? And therefore he uh, points us to a Midrash Tanchuma. He doesn't really uh, quote the whole thing. He certainly does not quote enough to tell us what is the reason for Makkas Oroiv, which is the Makkah that he is concerned with at the moment. But at least he tells us that there's a Midrash. So first of all, Let's understand why does Rashi ask his question here and not previously. The Maharal, in his Sefer Gur Aryeh, says as follows, that the first three Makkais, Rashi had no question why Hashem brought them upon the Egyptians, because, as the Maharal says, Behoiva hevi alehem ha-makais. Hashem brought upon the Egyptians plagues that were Behoiva, that were Common. He brought plagues that the content of the plague, the, the object that, that, it, that the plague consisted of, was commonly found amongst the Egyptians. Water, of course, was always with the Egyptians. The Nile River was always the center of their geography. And so Hashem turned it to Dam. That was the first Makkah. So on that, Rashi had no question. Why did Hashem do it? The Sephardim, the frogs in the river, so again, the Maral says the river was Etzlam. It was by them, it was with them at all times. It was their center. And therefore, so Hashem, again, brought a Makkah from a place which was close to Mitzrayim. Also, Kinim, the lice. So how did, how did Moshe Rabbeinu bring the lice? He took Afar Ha'oretz, he took dust of the land and he threw it up and, 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 it, and, and he... And it became Kenim. And of course, Afara Oritz is something that was all around the Egyptians. But, says the Maharal, to bring upon the Egyptians uh, wild animals, which are not normally found amongst the people living in civilized places, because such animals don't live where people live. So now Rashi had a question. Why would a Kodesh Baruch Hu bring a Maka from far away? So therefore... Rashi now raises the question, 
Right, the question that was bothering Rashi was, why did HaKadosh Baruch Hu bring a Makkah like Orov that had to be imported from far away? And he answers with the Midrash Tanchuma. Of course, as we mentioned before, Rashi only quotes part of the Midrash Tanchuma. Let's summarize the whole Midrash Tanchuma. Midrash Tanchuma says that the way that a king besieges and ultimately conquers another city is first, he closes off their water source, which of course is like dam, and then if they don't retract, if they don't surrender, so then he brings upon them kelonim, like the word koil, with a kuf. He brings upon them noisemakers, he brings soldiers with shoifar and trumpets, and they make a lot of noise to scare the people. As Rashi has already explained, that's like svardim. If they still don't surrender, so Yeravahem chitzim, he throws arrows at them, he shoots arrows at them, and they sting. That's like the kinim that bite and sting. If they still do not surrender, so then the Midrash says, Mevi Alehem Barbarium. He brings upon them barbarians. He, he hires soldiers who come from a very primitive, wild, and violent nation, and he brings those soldiers to come in and begin slaughtering the people. And that's Orev. And the Medrash continues, if they still don't surrender, he brings, brings upon them Dormasios, which is a very bad plague, so that's Dever. And if not, if they still don't Retreat, Zayrik Behem Neft, he throws some sort of a, um, some sort of a uh, uh, foul-smelling uh, oil. So that's like Oroiv Dever, Tzach Dash. that's Shechin. So that causes uh, skin affliction. So that's like the boils. And if not, if they still don't retract, they still don't surrender, so he throws upon them avne v'listroyas. He, he shoots at them large stones out of catapults. So this is like the, the, uh, this is like the borod. And if that doesn't work, if they still don't surrender, so then the Midrash says, he brings upon them uh, many populations. He, he brings upon them vast numbers of soldiers. That's the Arba. That corresponds to the great number of locusts. And if that still doesn't work, he puts them in jail. And that's the Choshech, that they, can't, they were not able to move. And if not, if all that still doesn't work, he kills the greatest people amongst them. He kills their, their nobility. And that's Makas Bechoros. So we see from this Midrash that the reason for Makas Oroiv is that it's like a king who brings barbarian soldiers upon the city that he wishes to conquer. To review, 
the Maharal is telling us that the first three Makas, Rashi, was not really concerned about the reason why Hashem brought them, because they all involved things that were in close proximity to the Egyptians. But by the fourth Makkah of Oroiv, which Hashem had to bring from far away, there Rashi had a question, why would Hashem bring it? And his answer is, he answers by quoting the Midrash Tanchuma, that the Oroiv are like a, a band of, mish, of, of mercenary barbarians that a king brings upon a city in order to help him conquer it. I think that perhaps we could give a different reason why Rashi suddenly wakes up here by Aroiv and questions the reason for this Makkah and for all the Makkahs. If we look carefully at the Rashi that we read before, Rashi first, upon seeing the words Es Ha'aroiv, the first thing he does is define it, that it is wild animals and snakes and scorpions. And only then does he say that there's a reason in the Midrash for each Makkah. Now there is, I believe, a direct connection between these two parts of Rashi. Because in fact, if we look in the Midrash, there are actually two opinions. Rabbi Yehuda is the opinion that Rashi quotes. Rabbi Yehuda says that the Oroiv are Chayas, Royas, and Nechashim and Akravim. When I say Midrash, this is actually a Midrash Rabbah, which talks about the, the actual definition of the word Oroiv. So Rabbi Yehuda says, what Rashi is quoting here, that it is a very lethal, dangerous animals. However, Rabbi Nechemia says that the word Oroiv refers to Tziroyim v'yatushin. Tziroyim are hornets, which can be dangerous, particularly if someone is allergic to them, but it's quite common uh, for a person to uh, be stung by a hornet. It's very painful, but it's quite common that the person is uh, not in any, uh, any serious way harmed. And Yatushin, I believe, are mosquitoes or flies, uh, certainly not a lethal uh, stinging insect. Now, it could be that Rashi, who uh, came to the conclusion, he supported the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that in fact the Oroiv are these large and very lethal animals. It could be that Rashi wanted to support his opinion and his definition of the word Oroiv. And how does he support it? He supports it by quoting the Midrash Tanchuma, which says that each of the Makas represents a stage in a king's conquest of a city, and which stage is represented by the Oroiv? That is the hiring and the bringing of barbaric soldiers to go into the city and to begin marauding and slaughtering the inhabitants. Now, if that's the Moshal, then what is the Nimshal? What is, the, what is this representing? that would not seem to represent a plague of hornets and mosquitoes, that they don't seem so comparable to, a, to bands of marauding barbarians. They're not nearly as dangerous. So since the Midrash Tanchuma says that Oroiv corresponds to these, this army of mercenary barbarians, 
So therefore, Rashi felt that this supports the opinion of Rabbi Yehuda, that in fact the Oroiv are uh, very uh, lethal animals and snakes and scorpions. If one will pay attention, if you will pay attention to many other Rashi comments around Chumash, I think you will see this quite frequently, that Rashi will begin by defining a word or phrase, and then, in order to support it, he will quote a Midrash, he will ask a question and give the answer, and he is not really involving himself in that Midrash and in that question, Lishma, for its own sake, but he's using it because it contains a point which supports his point, which supports his way of explaining and translating the original phrase or word. And I think perhaps that is what's going on here. At this point, it would seem that Rashi has no more reason to ask about the reasons for any of the Makas, since he has directed us to the Midrash Tanchoma, which explains all of them. Still, we find in this week's Parsha, Parsha's bow, that Rashi investigates the reason for the ninth Makkah, Choshech, and that he does not explain it according to the Midrash Tanchuma. We read in Perak Yud, Pasuk Chav Beis, Vayet Moshe es yado al HaShemayim, and Moshe stretched forth his hands, his hand to the heavens, Vayihi Choshech Afelo Bechol Eretz Mitzrayim, and there was a, an extreme darkness over all of the land of Egypt, Shleishis Yamim, for three days. And Pasach of Gimel continues, One person did not see his brother, and a man did not get up from his place for three days. But to all of the Bnei Yisrael, there was light in their settlements. Let's take a look at Rashi and pay particular attention to this that it says in the Pasuk, Shleishis Yamim, two times. So Rashi says, There was a, a, an extreme darkness for three days. Rashi says, shall A darkness of... Ophel, Ophel also means dark, a, a doubled sort of darkness. That a man could not see his fellow during those three days. And Rashi explains there were also three other days, three additional days. It was a choshech that was doubled even more than that, an even more intense darkness. That no person was able to get up from his place. Rashi says, Yoshev and Yoholamoid. A person who was sitting was not able to stand up. Omed and Yoholeshev. If he was standing, he was not able to sit. And now Rashi asks, Why did Hashem bring upon them darkness? So here again, uh, once again, Rashi. Uh, wakes up after some some time off for vacation, and he asks, why did Hashem bring this Makkah? So Rashi says, Why did Hashem bring the Choshech? There were, in that generation, 
some sinful people, who did not want to leave Egypt. There were some Jews who didn't want to leave. And they died during the first three days of darkness. In order that the Egyptians should not see their downfall, the Yomra, when they would say, Look, they're suffering just like us. So therefore, HaKadosh Baruch Hu made sure that they would die at a time of darkness. The Ode, and also, Shechipsu Yisrael, Vero Esklehem. Also, why was there darkness? Because the Jews went searching in the homes of the Egyptians, and they saw their precious vessels that they had in their homes. Okashiyatsu, and when the Jews eventually left Mitzrayim, Vahoyu Shoyalin Mehen, and they would ask and borrow from them uh, different items, as Moshe Rabbeinu instructed them to do. And the Egyptians would say, we don't have anything of any value. So the Yisrael would say to the Mitzri, I saw it in your house during the three days of darkness. And it's in such and such a place. The Goarye and others explain that what Rashi means to say is there were two different levels of darkness. There was one kind of darkness where one could one could not uh, see someone else. So that was so that during that time some Jews who did not deserve to leave Mitzrayim and who did not want to leave Mitzrayim would be put to death by Hashem, and the Egyptians wouldn't notice because they couldn't see it. That's one level of darkness. And then there was another three days where the darkness was so extreme that the Egyptians couldn't even stand or sit. And therefore, the Bnei Yisrael were able to go into their houses and look around and see what kind of precious items they had in their homes. The Maral further explains... Why does Rashi ask this question altogether? The truth is, one could ask a couple of questions on the question. First of all, why does Rashi ask about, about the reason for Choshech? On the one hand, he doesn't usually ask such a question, as we have shown. And on the other hand, didn't he already tell us that we can find the, a reason for each of the Makos in Midrash Tanchoma? So why is he looking for more reasons? And also, why does Rashi wait until the middle of the second Pasuk about Choshech to ask his question? This Pasuk, these two Pesukim that we read, Pasuk Chav Beis, Pasuk Chav Gimel, are not the first Pasuk about Choshech. That's back in Pasuk Chav Aleph, where Hashem tells Moshe to stretch forth his hand up to the heavens, and there will be Choshech al Eretz Mitzrayim, and there will be darkness upon the land of Egypt. Why didn't Rashi ask there? And why, what's the reason for this makat? The Gurarya explains that Rashi is not really asking why was there a makar of Choshech. If you want to know why there was a makar of Choshech, the truth is there are two very easy answers. One answer is none of your business. We don't, since the Pasik doesn't give the reason for the makar, we don't have to know the reason either. The other answer is Rashi already told us with the Midrash Tanchuma, 
what the reason for Choshech was, that when a king uh, gets involved in, in conquering another city, so one of the things he does is that he puts the inhabitants of the city into prison, and that is compared to Choshech, just like Marcus Choshech, they couldn't, they couldn't go anywhere because it was too dark to go anywhere. So a prisoner is, is not able to, to, to move. So why is Rashi asking this question? The Maharal explains, that's not really Rashi's question. Really Rashi's question is, why were there two different sets of three days? Why does the Pusik say quite clearly that first it was dark and a certain sort of darkness for Shleishis Yomit, and then there was a different sort of darkness for another three days. Why was it split up like that? And on this, Rashi answers, he gives this answer, which is found in the Midrash Rabbah, that the first three days were to give cover, so to speak, so that the Egyptians would not notice that many Jews were dying. The second three days were for a different reason. That's so the Bnei Yisrael could go into the Egyptian homes and find their precious items. In conclusion, we see that Rashi begins with the approach that it is not necessary for him to give reasons for the Makos, since the Psukim don't spell out the reasons, and Rashi's job is to explain the Psukim, to explain the simple meaning of the Psukim, so it was not his job to give reasons. When he came to Makas Aroiv and he saw a need to explain a reason for that plague, either because it was such an unusual plague, as the Maharal explains, or because he wanted to support his opinion as to the actual definition of that plague, as I explained. So there, Rashi quotes the Midrash Tanchuma, at least he hints at the, at the Midrash, which gives a reason for all of the plagues, and of course, including Marcus Aroiv. Rashi then continues along his way, and According to the way we're explaining, he never again really asks about the reason for any of the Makas, except when he comes to Makas Choshech, he had really was a different question. His question was not really, why did Hashem bring the Maka? But his question is, why did Hashem bring it in such an unusual way in two different parts, the first part building up and then becoming stronger in the second part? So we see in, in conclusion Rashi's very precise, uh, almost scientific way of approaching his an- an- analysis of the Pshutai Shomikra. Thank you for listening to Directions in Rashi with Yochanan Joseph, author of the book Directions in Rashi, available from Feldheim Publications. Production aspects were carried out by Minagain Music. Visit them online by going to facebook.com slash minagainbemore.